A-E-W. 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 Is that how we're feeling tonight? Or is that how we're feeling after tonight's events? My name is Mr. Cack, Mr. C-A-C, Chris Cagle, and I'm here to talk to you about A-E-W All Out. So, are we still feeling like this is the promotion of the future? Um, a lot of diehard AEW fans, which I'm, I'm going to say right now, probably are still feeling super pumped up, and there's probably little that could happen in the show that would change the hardcore AEW fan, or at least the hardcore against WWE mantra fan, uh, to change their mind. So, so far, I have seen the Casino Battle Royale, and that match, I only got to witness the very end of it before... Um, getting able to being able to tune in, and I, I will say, the battle royale, seeing the final four, I I will be completely honest. I am on the Britt Baker bandwagon. I want to see Britt Baker vying for the championship. I think, out of all of the women on that roster, maybe Brandy Rhodes excluded, but probably even counting Brandy Rhodes, Britt Baker is the star of the women's division. With that said, you have a lot of freedom in booking in the beginning that you don't necessarily need to put a belt on her right off the bat because you can always put a belt on her because she'll always be able to carry that load. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with now Nyla Rose is going to be representing one half of that match and we're going to wait and see who will be filling that second spot to challenge Nyla Rose for an opportunity or for that chance to hold the first ever women's championship belt. In AEW history, the long and lustrous history of AEW, or which will be part of the live broadcast on October 2nd on TNT. The final, the final minutes of the battle royale, I think were a great one. I think you had, I think you had some good, you had some good work there. In, but I think they did a good job there. Nyla Rose proved to be someone that was going to be difficult to get out of the ring, and she was. And even though it wasn't necessarily the cleanest finish for her uh, getting the last elimination, I think they did a good job protecting Britt Baker um, while also being able to elevate Nyla Rose, someone that clearly they want to get um, established as in the top echelon of their women's division. And I think with her size and what you can sell uh, in terms of what she can do in the ring, it's probably a good call. I, I would say nitpicky things from what I saw there in the closing minutes between the final four. There were a couple, I want to call them botches. It's what, I mean, it's the terminology that they would use. But just some things that didn't necessarily flow that well. And I think that is always bound to happen when you have battle royale situations where it's something that's a little bit harder to rehearse. But the cartwheel kicks by Nyla Rose while she was on the apron didn't necessarily connect as well as what you would like it to look on the hard camera. Um, there was a little bit of a kind of awkwardness when Britt Baker was throwing uh, B Priestley into the corner um, before B got eliminated. Um, the exchange between B and Priestley uh, seemed good, seemed pretty stiff, so I, I like that that led to the elimination of B Priestley, um, which then further cemented kind of the the storyline that they were trying to play out between those two, which is why I didn't feel like it was a really crappy move. I thought it was a pretty good move to have B Priestley tie up um, Britt Baker, allow Nyla Rose to get the win. Again, you're protecting Britt Baker there to where you don't have to necessarily throw her into the first championship match. 
I believe out of all of the women on that roster, she has the most star potential, so she's able to kind of do um, whatever is needed right now, and she won't lose that status. Um, so whenever they're ready to throw her into the championship hunt, people are going to be immediately invested in that, or at least immediately find her as a credible threat because they're going to see her as the top of that division. But we're moving on to the main show. I will say before you get into the before we get into the main show, MJF is a star. He should, and I know they're priming him for it because you can tell by how much he gets exposure on all the different facets that they're trying to build up and the reaction that he draws every time from social media that he's been on one of these um, pay-per-views. The guy's going to be great. He's going to be one of the the most love-to-hate people on TV, and I think that that will definitely be something that separates a character from anything else that WWE can produce. So even though you will argue that WWE doesn't produce the same caliber of matches, I will say this. WWE, on the weekly basis, has the talent to do it. And and it shows up. It's just because of the logistics of building that show and because you don't want to go out there and kill yourself because you're already wrestling a million times in one week. Um, you see not as much of the high-driven energy in all of the matches. Sure, sure. But, I mean, you can look at some of the talent. Cesaro, at any point, with most competitors, can go out there and perform a match that's on the level with the upper mid-card to lower top-end of anything AEW. I mean, I mean, just honestly, Cesaro would be top-tier star in AEW. So, I mean... Cesaro can go out there and do that at any point with any talent and give you the same quality of just pure wrestling if that's all you're asking for. But now the characters is where things start to get a little bit more separate. The production is where things start to get a little bit more separate. Separate The the attention to the narrative and storylines, that's what's going to separate these two brands. And I think MJF as a character is something WWE doesn't have but try has tried to build so much recently. So they've done it with Sami Zayn, someone that we love to hate, but really it's just turned into someone we don't like. He's kind of annoying. Uh, the same could be said with, oh, who's another one? Elias. Another one could be said with definitely Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is someone that they want us to enjoy uh, crapping on, and I don't think it's hitting that way with fans. I think it's just, why is this guy still getting the push he gets? I don't understand it. Do you not understand when we say Boren Corbin? No? no. Okay. I would love to learn more about and just see some of the stuff that he's going to do that's going to make me say, this little this little turd, man, <laughs> he needs to be punched. And then he'll get away with stuff. And then I'll be looking forward to the next week of, does he finally get punched? We are now reaching the point where as as people that aren't part of the very loyal core of AEW, the rest of us that are kind of on that next outer ring of people that just love wrestling and want to consume wrestling no matter what the brand is and we don't necessarily... Like, I mean, there are times that I'm very upset with WWE, but I'm not going to cut out WWE because I want to keep watching wrestling. It's the same reason that I try to make time to find stuff for New Japan is it's not that I don't watch it because I don't like it. It's just harder for me to find the material for it. But when I do find it, 
I enjoy watching it because it's wrestling. So it's it's time for us to see for those of us that are in that more casual circle of are we still on board with this thing being the next big thing? I think there there have been more the bigger they do and the more we see exposure to this product, the more we start to question of is this really going to work? But so far they've hit it out of the park. Some of the stuff they do for their design always looks beautiful, but like the the big chips that they set up at Double or Nothing, just all of it looks cool. Um, it really adds to it. It gives you a certain feel. So I'm hoping that this continues. But they usually do a pretty good job without going too crazy with it. Um, and I think that's good because I'd much rather see good product than necessarily the best set. I just want to see, is this still a product that feels like it's going to professionally stand its own as the top echelon of the non-WWE field? Because I can get into a conversation later about how I don't think AEW and WWE are necessarily direct combatants for one another. NXT, AEW, now we're talking as long as Vince doesn't get involved with NXT's booking. Um, and as long as USA doesn't necessarily start to put their thumbprints all over, um, all over the production of that show... But we'll see. I think if you kept NXT on the streaming service, you would see a true a true battle that made sense between two products. My fear is NXT going to USA where it's going to become more like Raw and SmackDown. And I think we all have thoughts about that. So we'll see. We'll see. But I am looking forward to the rest of the show. I am going to stop this for a moment, look at the main card, see how everything goes, and then I'll get back to you with my thoughts. Woo, 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 woo. A-E-W. A-E-W, A-E-W. Back, or the, I guess the first match on the card, of the actual main card, is Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus SCU. SCU. My closet is the worst closet outside of closets located in Southern California, which my closet is not located. Um... So what I think you have in this match is a good, fun starting match. So some shows come out with a very hot start. Some shows come out with a very slow start. This is one of those matches that you put on for safety, I feel like. Because it's going to be good. You have the you have the primed potential wild cards in what Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus can do. And then you have SEU, who you know are going to be a quality match throughout. And that's what you got. You got a quality match. Um, SEU went over whatever you call the trio of Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. Um, they were referred to a lot of things. It was kind of funny that JR refused almost to call Jungle Boy Jungle Boy. I think he called him Jungle Jack Perry. Which, why that may be, who knows. Uh, but it... it is finding a name for this group. So I heard Jurassic Express. I heard Jungle Express. I heard a boy, a boy and his dinosaur. Um, there was a couple of different fun ways to take it. But if this is going to become a trio, this is something that we need to go ahead and get established. I love tag teams with names. I do not like tag teams that just go by the names of the two competitors in it. Unless you find a way to fun mash them together. So um, I'm interested to see what they do with... Because SEU, I, I'm fun to see. I, I'm very interested to see what they do with trios in general in AEW. Because AEW seems like they might be willing to 
put some investment in trios where WWE has no interest. Um, I think they see that as too much of New Japan's thing or too much of a of an indie thing or too much of a non-them thing to ever really buy into the trios as a, as a viable division. But I think AEW might put some stock in the trios, especially since they have a wide collection of trios that just naturally work already. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, but they could always take Stunt out, make Stunt do his own thing, and having Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus as a tag team, it's going to be great. I think Luchasaurus's main success is going to be outside of tag team. I think he has, getting past that he, you know, pretends to be a dinosaur, he has outrageous athleticism for a guy his size. But I think Luchasaurus's best days are served as a, as a singles competitor. Um, but I know they'll be hesitant to pull that trigger just because of the relationship as actual friends Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy share. So it'll be interesting. But I think it was a really good starting point. Um, definitely not the hardest, not, not, not the hottest starting point we've seen for an AEW show or even, you know, most recently some of the WWE events. Some of the WWE events, uh, especially the most recent one, had a very hot... I mean, SummerSlam had a pretty pretty good starting match that just kind of built up a lot of energy but I think that's good uh, you got to pace yourself sometimes I think AEW has run the risk in the past where they go so super hard NXT does it a lot too where they go so super hard and so super fast right out the gate that by the third match you are exhausted um, so I think this was a smart decision to kind of have a solid match that isn't going to you know steal the show but that's going to be a very entertaining and solid match. So like a C plus or, you know, like, you know, something that's good, but not great. Uh, and I think that was a good safe bet to start out. So it'll be interesting to see where things go. And oh, holy crap, it's Kenny Omega versus Pac. So this is where we jump up from a C plus to A's. We hope. So the next matchup is Kenny Omega versus Pac, and it is everything that you hoped for. Everything that you hoped for. And then it ends. And then it ends. And I don't want to say that this has a has a has the build to be the most the show stealer, but it's gonna steal tonight's show in probably the most negative fashion, or at least the most controversial fashion. And, you know. There is a strong proponent to the idea that talking about it, talking about the show, talking about the match, talking about it, continuing to give it discussion, which then gives it exposure, is always a good thing, even if some of the responses towards your decision are a little bit negative. So this was a match stoppage, uh, and Pac beats Kenny Omega. Which, I don't think the, the actual who went over who was too, too, glaringly, um, too glaringly off. I don't think that's what's going to cause any kind of point of contention. I think a lot of people, even though Kenny Omega is the, the fixture star within AEW, he's the, he's the biggest male star within AEW and overall the biggest star in AEW, even higher than Chris Jericho. Don't at me, Jericho. Don't at me. <laughs> um, is so Kenny Omega is the biggest star burning there, and I feel like you know Pac has delayed 
his delayed appearance in the in the promotion he was always going to get that first victory uh, for his debut it just kind of seemed like that's the person that you give a the first the first win to I think what people are going to be most disappointed in is not the fact Kenny Omega lost but the way the finish was booked you're either going to love it from a story standpoint of hey this now leads to something very personal and very brutal um, that we can continue having the Pac Omega storyline build for a little bit further, um, especially since they may, especially since they won't be in the title hunt right off the bat, um, and it gives time for for Page to go through his motions with Chris Jericho, and it gives Moxley time for him to get back into the show. And everything, so I think I think it's a good it's a good storyline build for having something for both Pac and Kenny Omega when they aren't necessarily going to be the ones chasing the title right off the bat. Um, but I also see where people are going to be very upset with how the finish felt sudden. A lot of people didn't necessarily know what was happening. You're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. On to the next match. The following matches were cut for time. We have. The Dark Order going over the best friends. So now the Dark Order will have a bye in the tag team tournament. We also saw Riho going over Hikaru Shida via pinfall. So now Riho will face Nyla Rose, who she pinned at Fighter Fest for the AEW Women's Championship. And also cut for time, we have Jimmy Havoc defeating Joey Janela and Darby Allin in a very, very, very brutal hardcore match with staples and one of the most unique um, spots I've ever seen where someone is taped to a chair and it has thumbtacks poured into their mouth and their mouth taped shut. It was good. The next match, back on kind of the bigger stage of matches, even though you could argue that the women's match was a big one, it's just... The names involved in that match aren't names that are super well-known within a larger audience. So it was hard for me to personally be excited about that match outside of just knowing that there was a stipulation for the winner that came with that. The next match, however, Cody versus Sean Spears. I liked the Perfect 10 back when he was in WWE. Um, so for me, this was a match I thought I was going to enjoy because I enjoy Cody and I enjoy um, the former Ty Dillinger. And, and we got that. And it was a really good match. Um, it's not the show-stealing match, but it had moments that you'll probably be talking about because you not only got uh, Tully Blanchard getting involved and getting this hustle, not only did you have MJF, who I think is a soon-to-be superstar, um, but you had, or at least a superstar in terms of character, uh, you also had Arn Anderson hit the ring. So this was a slap from the 80s. It's like, what what in the 80s hell just happened here? And, and it makes for a good match because it wasn't it wasn't too messy and you had a good match that led into it. And you had two guys that can perform. And then you had the nostalgia punch from Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. And it is, you know, it's just, it's what it is. It was good. It was good. And from the Cody match, you have Cody going over Sean Spears, which makes sense. Sean Spears busted him open um, at Fighter Fest, so this was him getting his revenge. 
Next up, you have the AAA Tag Team Championship match, Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks to um, in the Escalera de la Muerte, which I believe is what a ladder of death, climb of death. My Spanish is not good. My Spanish is not good. Um, so you don't even really need to see this match. You already knew what was going to happen in terms of you have the Young Bucks, you have um, the Lucha Bros. Has there ever been a moment where you thought that this match wasn't going to be a great match, that this match wasn't going to have outrageous spots? I mean, n before you even throw in a ladder, you should know that this match was going to have insane spots. Um, so you saw, you saw a lot of that happening with the dives through a ladder. I mean, like just the, f uh, just the, just the way they can maneuver their bodies and not die, and still do this without being severely injured, is just a testament to their athleticism between all four guys. So it was a really good match. Um, you saw it get really violent at the end, and I think that's good. Uh, I think that's good because you want, you want. I mean, if you're building a counter program to everything that you can do better than WWE, having a super strong tag team division is what you should be banking on because that's probably the most easiest thing to do better than WWE right off the bat, and a tag team division that has both Lucha Bros. Um, the Young Bucks, SCU, you've already got a really strong core right there of tag team. I like the best friends. I think they're going to be a really good uh, faction within the tag team division there. And then you have um, the people that hit the ring at the end. So uh, Lucha Bros retain their titles, getting the victory over the Young Bucks, uh, retrieving the titles from the top of the ladder. And then uh, you see a pair of mass men hit the ring and it turns out to be Santana and Ortiz or as many people know them as LAX or at least members of LAX. Um, so there you go. The tag team division continues to grow in AEW which with um, the with the Dark Order getting a bye in the tag team tournament it kind of you know shows the the effort and the attention they're going to put on that division, which it shouldn't be surprising with the Young Bucks having as much say in the creative process as they do. Which then leads us to our last match of the night. We now have AEW World Championship, Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page. Um, who will win? I guess we'll find out very shortly as I go back to watching. So our last match of the night was another really, really, really good match. So out of the list of matches, I would say there was a mixture of of just just good, low-end good, very good, and then there was one great match, and that was the tag team match between the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. This was a very solid, good match. Now I think I think where this, for me, means more. So the Chris Jericho versus Adam Hangman Page match means more is outside of this pay-per-view because this match decided who the world champion 
would be for AEW their first ever. This is who the face of the company is going to be. It isn't shocking that Chris Jericho won and will now be the face for the future. But more so, it's established who we need to start rooting for. It's established who we root for. And that's the struggle of Adam Hangman Page overcoming this early loss to build his way back to the point where he challenges for the title again and then us as fans rooting for his eventual title win. Right? And that's how the story of Adam has kind of been so far. Even in being the elite, he was someone that kind of got crapped on, um, but then he started gaining momentum, and now it just seems really easy to want to root for him. And I think that's where they're going. You know, it's it's easier in the beginning when you don't have a lot of universal wrestling names to sell. So, I mean, like if they had a roster that was comprised of... Roman Reigns and a couple of other the W brands you you immediately place them on there so I mean but you don't have that like if they had Hulk Hogan in his prime they would be putting Hulk Hogan in the front so it makes sense to put Chris Jericho in the front Chris Jericho is a name that's going to draw in more than just your just your solidified audience it's going to gather some of the other offshoots and outer circles and casual circles of wrestling fans because we know who Chris Jericho is I personally love Adam Hangman Page, but the casual fan might not know who that is because he spent all of his time either in uh, ROH, Ring of Honor, or New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's one of those things where it's a great bet because you have someone that has touched pretty much every major promotion for the last three decades. Um, So having him as your face, while he can still perform at at a reasonably good level for his age, then why not? Why not? Because... Worst case scenario is you take the belt off of him by the next pay-per-view. So we're looking at a couple months of Chris Jericho being your face. It's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. But yeah, I think for me the story is more so Adam Page not winning it now means that for me, my investment into AEW is seeing what Adam Page does next and to see him hopefully make that climb back up to where he's challenging for the title and then ultimately wins it because that's a really good feel-good moment. It's something that WWE hasn't been able to master organically very often here recently. And even in moments where it felt like maybe they did do it right, it was more so outside factors. So Kofi Kingston was more so outside factors. Ali getting injured and then the fans really taking to... um, Kofi in in that um, gauntlet match he did then more so than it did you know Kofi being the one that maybe WWE really wanted to take that belt off of uh, Brian and then there was also Daniel Bryan himself who basically defied the booking or defied where WWE wanted to go made himself the hottest thing in the company and they couldn't ignore him so I mean it was fans bringing him up so I think what you'll see with hopefully Adam Page is a more organic natural progression of all right he didn't win this time but now I want to see how he can kind of build himself up and I'm going to root for him to do it because he is the face so Chris Jericho is the face of the company but in terms of wrestling terminology our baby face is Adam Page and we want to see him succeed and hopefully this is the route that we'll get and it won't be an easy one for him because we see how that turns poorly it turned poorly for Roman Reigns. It turned poorly for Seth Rollins. Uh, pretty much anyone that feels like they've been anointed before they've 
gotten the rub from us, the fans, gets pretty nasty. And I know that's a very entitled consumer way of looking at it, but we're the consumers. We should have some say in things. We shouldn't always be right, but we should have some say. So I'm hoping to see the Adam Page struggle to get back to that point and challenge for the title um, again in, in either the near future or maybe just a kind of pushed off offset future. Either way, should be good. I would say good pay-per-view. I would say this probably isn't the best AEW pay-per-view. And I think this is where we finally start to hit that point um, that I had mentioned way earlier in, in my conversation of are we now reaching that point where we have seen enough of AEW that we're starting to lose some of that new toy shine with it? And it's more so, okay, this is what an average show feels like for them. And maybe once they move to weekly episodic format, they can give us what their, what their I guess, even keel approach to booking looks like. So that way when they then hit these events it feels bigger again. I think it's just tough because they haven't had anything um, for us consumers outside of their live shows and these streamed events that they've really been doing. Um, so once you get the weekly television show, we get kind of, I don't want to put it like numbed, but you get kind of numbed to the product of, okay, this is what a casual booking pace for AEW feels like. So that way when they're finally able to do their one big show every three or four months, then it feels so much more grander than what it really is. It feels grander than what it really is, um, or grander than the sum of its parts at times. So while this wasn't a bad pay-per-view by any means, um, I would say this isn't the same holy shit feeling that you got from the uh, all-in. This wasn't the same holy shit feel you get from a couple of the NXT takeovers. Um, in, in terms of comparing it to a WWE pay-per-view, it's definitely in the higher tier. Um, but if comparing it to NXT TakeOvers, I would say that this probably did better than the last NXT TakeOver. I don't know if this was necessarily as energetic of a feeling in terms of the consumer and then seeing the fan response as NXT's takeover, um, the NXT UK takeover they did earlier today. But yeah, I don't, I don't feel like this was, I don't, I don't feel like this felt as grand as the very first. And that's just, that's just the fact that all we've gotten of AEW so far has been these big events. So once we start to spread them out a little bit more, it will feel less like, oh, this is good but not great, and then we're going to go through a bunch of good to, I would assume because it's TV, some mediocre, but you'll get a lot more good with AEW, I'm going to feel like, and then once they hit that pay-per-view, it's like, okay, this is way better than what I've been consuming on a weekly basis, so this is this is now feeling great, this now feels grander than what it does. Because right now, the, the pay-per-views, Fighter Fest, All Out, Double or Nothing, All In, that's been the shows for AEW, so it's kind of felt like this is our TV. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's hard for me to explain. Maybe someone else out there is going to do a much better job. What culture? I like to watch them on YouTube. Um, Wrestling Days. There's a couple of other YouTubes that I watch um, that will probably do a much better job of explaining um, how how you sum up this. I mean, again, it's hard to nitpick um, this pay-per-view because AEW has just continually put on very solid programming. Where AEW is going to have issues, though, is that you have 
moments where, and you saw it in some of this pay-per-view, and some of you probably felt it while watching this, where you'll have matchups between people you don't know right now, and it's hard to be super invested in that um, outside of just if they put on a really good match. Then you're like, that's a good match, but it's so much easier to to have a grander feeling about a match when you know the people involved. So, um, But I think for AEW, this was probably the best pairing they have right now. Of course, you can always throw Kenny Omega into the title hunt. And now that Pac's back, you can always throw Pac into the title hunt. But I think Chris Jericho versus Adam Page is where you want to go to start out as AEW because you can easily uh, market that because Chris Jericho is super marketable and he can make himself be a very hated heel. And that will really prop up and build up Adam Page as he starts to find his footing and grow into what I assume AEW has in plan for him, which is to be that next face, their true face, you know, the the actual product of AEW, um, which is what you would consider Adam Page more so than Chris Jericho, who's a product of WCW, WWF, WWE now. Um, but I'm talking about when he first got big in my eyes was through WWF. Um, even though he was on WWE or WCW programming for me, I just he felt grander once he got to WWF as the Y2J character. So yeah, so all in all, pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't say it was the best show. I wouldn't say it had the most solid card, or I guess the I, I it wouldn't have the most explosive card. It definitely had a very solid card, um, and I think matches that you would assume would steal the show may not have fully lived up to their hype, um, but the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks was a phenomenal, breathtaking, energy-stealing show, or energy-stealing match. So that was pretty good. Um, I think I think for what it was and what the impact is, the, the main event was a good main event. I think Kenny Omega versus Pac, for what it was, was a pretty good match um, that was kind of put on the fly. It'll be interesting to see where they go from now. And then everything else was just pretty good. And that's all I got. So I don't know what the next pay-per-view or I don't know what the next big event is. Uh, but once I sit down and figure that out, I'll probably do another episode. Maybe I'll live stream it. No. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like what you've heard, uh, please give a f like down below. Also, give us a subscribe. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Any help and any support always goes a huge way to keeping us doing what we're doing and we're doing what we like. So thank you. Bye.